This is Brand and New from the International Trademark Association. This podcast series explores changes and dynamics in the legal world, now and tomorrow, with a focus on intellectual property. I am Audrey Dove. Welcome to Brand and New. The World Economic Forum recently reported on the progress towards gender equality around the world and what can be done to close the gap in the future. The 2020 Global Gender Gap Report shows that gender parity will not be attained for 99.5 years. In the intellectual property industry, even though men and women are equally creative and innovative, it's not a secret to say that it's predominantly male-oriented. For instance, in patenting, where women are underrepresented. This issue is addressed by the World Intellectual Property Organization, Committee to Promoting Gender Equality and Women's Empowerment, as well as many other local and international initiatives. Our guest today will help us to understand women's position when it comes to intellectual property, both as an industry and as a practice. Ayala Dutch is the Executive Vice President and Deputy General Counsel at NBA Properties Inc. based in New York City. The National Basketball Association is widely considered the premier professional basketball league in the world, composed of 30 teams, and is one of the four major professional sports leagues in the United States and in Canada. Ayala is responsible for managing commercial legal affairs and IP matters for the NBA, which she joined in 1998. Ayala is also the INTA 2020 president and will tell us more about her priorities for this year. In line with Ayala Dutch's priorities for her term as INTA's 2020 president, the association is proud to launch the Women's Leadership Initiative on International Women's Day. March 8, 2020. The initiative is designed to foster the development of strong leadership skills for women in the intellectual property field, acknowledging the contribution of all-star female professionals to the IP industry, while also empowering women to advance their IP careers to the next level. Ayala, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. It's my pleasure to join you. I would like to ask you a not-so-simple question to start. When I mentioned to you today's topic, why did it inspire you? Well, I think it's important for me to talk about the advancement of women generally uh, in the world. And of course, IP is the area in which I have been practicing for decades. And I would like to see all the support we can give to women entering into this field, to women who are already dedicated to this field, and how they can advance to positions of leadership that I think are well-deserved, both for their own advancement and also to make sure we are unlocking all that they can contribute uh, to this industry. And from more entrepreneurial training and support to women working in particular in the tech field, to development of learning programs focused on how to build relevant networks with decision makers and investors, but also encourage women to take leadership roles to understand the process of commercializing a creation or an invention, how to make actual progress and change the system? Well, I think there are a lot of bricks in that wall, a lot of things that can be done. Obviously, in the technology sector, both from a business perspective 
and as it feeds into IP such as patent law, I think we do have to make sure we're starting from the beginning, that we are engaging young girls so that they are motivated and interested in learning in these areas and achieve full support in terms of their academic careers. Mm -hmm. There are many organizations that are focused on doing that. One example here in the U.S. is an organization called Girls Who Code, uh, and it's all about making sure from a very young age that young women are exposed to those knowledge, that those skill sets and that knowledge and are building the expertise needed to feed those pools. I think education is an important step. Uh, you mentioned entrepreneurism. I think that's important as well. Women should be offered further encouragement and further support in how to establish, develop, and maintain their own businesses, how to take ideas or innovations that they develop and be able to commercialize them in a way um, that can sustain them and drive them forward. As you mentioned, uh, it's about opportunity, whether that's access to capital, whether that's uh, opportunity for particular kinds of work assignments. And I think that runs the gamut from corporations to law firms to you know the court system. There's always room to improve opportunity for women generally and for women in IP particularly. Mm -hmm. And among the different actions we, we just uh, mentioned, do you see some that would really need to be prioritized? And what are for you also the main obstacles that have to be overcome? I'm not a patent practitioner, but certainly on the patent side, I think it is a priority to develop an educated pool of women scientists, engineers. I think the other thing that needs to be prioritized is the focus on actual opportunities that lead to success and advancement. People often focus on numbers, the number of women represented in a particular workforce or industry. And of course, that's important. But what's to fully realize the value that women can deliver and the success they can achieve, it isn't just to be counted as part of the demographic, it is to be offered opportunities for work, opportunities for success that are real and are substantive so that you have a real voice and you are not just reflecting a number. That's what should be focused on. In terms of challenges, the challenges are not new. We are challenging a lot of different things. Part of it is that women often more often are the primary caretakers, and they're looking to find a good way to integrate their work life and their personal life. Some of it is in breaking some unconscious preference that current leaders may have to bond with people who seem more like them than not like them. Sometimes we have to just raise the awareness of making sure that women are getting opportunity, women are being brought to the table. There have been many inspiring initiatives of IP knowledge transfer over the last decade, Ayala, in particular geared towards small businesses in developing countries to help them use and leverage existing legal mechanisms in order to become lasting market participants. Without trademark protection, branding strategies and licensing schemes or distribution networks, there are many IP issues 
that can make a good business idea fail for lack of awareness. To what extent IP can be a tool to promote a more inclusive business field to support diversity and actually empower women? That's an excellent question. And I think the answer is these are essential tools and essential knowledge for any startups, uh, small business owners and entrepreneurs to be aware of. Women often fall in those categories from a business perspective. There are not as many CEOs of Fortune 100 companies yet as we'd like. It is very important as IP practitioners, uh, particularly the focus on brands, to help get that knowledge and that information and that support out to the people who are uh, starting small businesses and who are entrepreneurs. INTA has a lot of programming directed at SMEs and at putting basic information about building and protecting a brand in the hands of those small enterprises. INTA is a global association representing more than 30,000 brand owners and professionals dedicated to supporting trademarks and related intellectual property to foster consumer trust, economic growth, and innovation. Let's talk now about the world of IP practitioners. While IP law is rather female on law school's benches, well, especially in Europe, it has taken a long time to actually see women taking up leadership position in the IP legal industry, either in big law firms or international companies. However, we hear that the environment is evolving and there are more opportunities for female leaders in IP. In the legal industry, do you agree? And what are the challenges you had to navigate throughout your career to work your way up to the top? IP is a very large tent, and there are a lot of things under that tent. There, there is a particular gap to be covered in expertise, I think, on the patent side, both from the business side and from the practitioner, legal practitioner side. I think in my own career, I focused on trademarks and copyright more. At least in the U.S., there's a good representation of women in those particular fields driving the advancement of leadership of women in IP, I think two things are happening and should continue to happen. The first is the continued recognition that it is not patents alone that are the focus of IP value, of driving revenue, of creating jobs, of driving innovation, other aspects of IP trademarks, copyright in creative industries, in brand-driven businesses, as that continues to elevate the representation of women in those sectors and the opportunity for continuing to advance those women in leadership will grow mm -hmm. as those areas of IP continue to be uh, recognized more and focused on more. At the same time, on the patent side, on the technology, biomedical, and R&D-driven business side, there has been more focus on feeding the pipeline in that area and on making sure that we are engaging women in having, at the first level, the education that uh, positions them for careers in this field, even earlier than the college level, 
and then following that through with university and law school that focuses on the technical expertise that is needed on kind of the patent-driven side of the house. And so improving that patent and technology-driven pipeline of women talent, and then as women, I do think, have good opportunities for leadership in the trademark and copyright fields, as those areas of IP, I think, continue to grow in importance all contribute Mm -hmm. to a continued drive of women in leadership. It might sound cliche, but is there such a thing as specific qualities women bring to the table in the IP world and more generally in the legal world? So, for instance, the way to handle negotiations or to solve or settle disputes or to raise awareness on on IP issues? I don't think it's cliche, and I think... Diversity in its truest meaning is really not only about diversity of gender or ethnicity. It's about diversity of thought and diversity of experience and diversity of approach. The more you are bringing to the table people who think about things differently, tackle things differently, have a different perspective on resolving an issue, the better your your end product is going to be because you are gathering the best of a lot of different ideas instead of focusing on only one. One of the many benefits of embracing gender diversity is it is another way to open up diversity generally and to get different perspectives and approaches and experiences to contribute to problem solving and uh, to moving forward. And I think that is fantastic. When I'm managing a project or a team of people, that always generates the best result. Um, Having 10 people around a table who all think exactly the same way uh, may make for a smoother meeting, but it's not really going to give you that variety of viewpoints that allows you to develop the best uh, of all approaches and solutions. From woman-only networking events to one-on-one mentoring programs, Lots of big companies and law firms have developed visible projects to show they want women to feel empowered. What do these initiatives can reasonably aim for? And what are their intrinsic limits or challenges, if any? So different types of programs realistically aim at different things. Networking programs and one-on-one mentoring programs that pair women with other women who are further in their careers or more successful. I think those are important because a lot of times someone early in their career can really benefit from being the living manifestation Mm -hmm. that someone like them has kind of made it. There's power in that. There's power in knowing women like that and hearing from them about their experiences a fellowship, a sisterhood rather. There are other programs that are not women-to-women programs, but kind of attack this issue in a different way. And those are programs that foster the allyship or the sponsorship of male leaders to kind of say, yes, of course, there's value in hearing from other women, how they've navigated their professional life. But there's also tremendous value in having male leaders Uh, know who you are and what skills you're bringing to the table and help you develop in that respect as well. 
you know, I think the limits are not to view any one of these programs as some standalone solution. And again, not to approach this as picking a box. You know, we have a mentoring program, so we've done what we need to do uh, for the advancement of women. It really is to pair all these initiatives with a focus on the nuts and bolts of your business or your law firm. Are you doing what you can to recruit women, to develop, substantively develop women so they're prepared to advance in their career, to give them opportunities, substantive training, good feedback? Ayala, you are currently president of INTA for 2020. What's your vision for your term and your main objectives related to women's empowerment? Uh, you have also convened a presidential task force that will explore how to develop all-star IP practitioners. So that's my second question. Could you say a word about this task force? Of course. So I'll take that first. So my presidential task force is how to be an all-star IP practitioner. And the thinking here is really how can we help individual INTA members and IP practitioners develop themselves individually to really excel at their career and have the best opportunity to succeed in advance. I think the organization INTA is doing a lot of thinking about, we have three think tanks about the trademark office of the future and the law IP law firm of the future and the IP in-house department of the future and uh, association has really broadened its mission beyond core trademarks mm -hmm. to a bigger concept of brand and brand professionals that embraces a lot of other things. And what this task force seeks to do is to do that on an individual practitioner level. The task force will have about 15 members that will include trademark administrators, attorneys, in-house lawyers, law firm lawyers from different jurisdictions. And their task will be to identify additional skill sets, substantive related areas of the law like copyright or data, as well as um, non-substantive skills like communication, project management leadership or understanding better aspects of our clients' businesses, marketing or finance, and identify all these additional skills that IP practitioners can have in mind to develop in the course of developing their career. Once we identify those skills, we will then try also to understand how those skill sets and what's important differ maybe by country, maybe by function, mm -hmm. so be a little more strategic about recommending what skills to focus on. And then lastly, um, come up with some recommended plan for what members can do for their own self-development, but also what INTA can offer its members in terms of tools, best practices, content, or other tips to help them develop professionally and excel as holistic IP practitioner and succeed and advance in their careers. And then in terms of women, um, we are focusing in my year of my presidency on trying to develop as well some thinking, some content around the advancement of women in leadership in IP. The idea here would be to have this be a sustained part of INTA's thinking and offering going forward. To be honest, INTA is an organization 
has done very well on including women in leadership positions, in board representation. Uh, if you look at the number of presidents of INTA over the last 10 years, many of them are women. Mm -hmm. uh, the president-elect, 2021, is Kiki Dare from Oracle, another woman. So I think the organization itself has done well. What I'm hoping to do with this initiative is to really amplify that to our members. And this is a passion of mine, but also very consistent with where INTA is going as well. For 2020, we're going to start some thinking and some content and some programming around what we can do as an organization to further the advancement of women uh, to leadership positions in IP. And I'm, I'm quite excited about that. Now, Ayala, I have a few rapid-fire questions. Could you name a word that would summarize the last decade and the one you expect for the decade that is just beginning? I would say of the last decade, I would use the word activism. I think there has been a lot of that on a lot of different issues in a lot of places around the world. And to my pleasure, much of that has been driven by women. It has yielded important conversations. I think it has raised awareness uh, of people around the world about a lot of important issues ranging from education to the environment. It's all been a spark plug of thinking and doing things that are good for all of us. So I, I think that's good. It's pretty early in 2020 to predict the next decade, <laughs> but um, uh, my hope would be that the activism of the last decade can transform in the next decade to change, to meaningful change. It's the first step is everybody being aware of issues and everybody having energy around thinking about them and talking about them. And I hope the next step is coming up with some good solutions to address what are some large problems. Who are your role models? The role model who most influences me still in my day-to-day -day is my father. I, um, I lost my father. He was too young and I was too young. He passed away 25 years ago, but he is, remains the best teacher I ever had. He demonstrated a lot of qualities that I learned just by watching him and that I think continue to serve me well. That includes uh, work ethic, compassion, accountability, kind of intellectual engagement and just being interested and curious about things. To me, my father was an incredibly impressive, smart, accomplished person. He was, the, he was an engineer, not a lawyer, mm -hmm. but he was also a very humble, compassionate, kind person. And I aspire every day to maintain the combination of those two sets of characteristics the way my father did. Mm -hmm. Thank you for, for sharing this. What is the best piece of advice you wish somebody had told you at the outset of your career? It is not only okay to be yourself in your professional life, it's actually better <laughs> and more likely to contribute to success. I think as a young person, we are always so mindful of conducting ourselves in the quote right way or in a way that's expected. And I think, of course, you need to be mindful of your environment and the people around you. But there's a very heavy burden in being out there in a world in a way that is not true to your authentic self. 
your comfort in being authentic translates into confidence, translates into uh, relatability, and all sorts of other things with those external constituents you're so worried about that actually drive success. What advice would you give today to younger generations of women who aim for leadership positions in the legal industry or even beyond? I guess I would give two pieces of advice. The first is, I did learn this relatively early in my career, but certainly not from year one. It is necessary, but not sufficient, to put your head down and work hard and do the work well and generate good work product. You must do that to advance, but you can't only do that. And I think women in particular should understand early on the importance of making themselves known, getting themselves out, out there through networking, voicing the interest and desire in stretch assignments, in learning new things. So I think one important piece is, yes, of course, focus on your work product and make sure it's excellent but think a little bit more expansively about your professional career path from very early on and make sure you're paying attention to things. And the other thing I would just say is, if you're fortunate, the road in life is very long. And, and what it teaches you is through experience, a little bit of perspective. The thing that seems like it's the end of the world when you're 25, By the time you're 50, you've been through enough of those that you can more easily put it in its proper perspective. It's a bad day, it's a bad week, it's a bad project, but it's not the end of everything. And I think the sooner we're able to teach ourselves that perspective and that resilience, the better able we are to navigate through inevitable uh, career challenges in a way that's kind of more productive and less exhausting. The last book you read? Uh, I got a holiday gift from a colleague of mine, um, which is the memoir of Samantha Power called The Education of an Idealist. She's a really interesting woman who's lived a very interesting life. Um, and fortunately, there are many interesting people who are not good writers, <laughs> um, but she's actually also a very good writer. So I found her memoir very engaging and very interesting and I would highly recommend. Thank you very much, Ayala, for uh, accepting our invitation today. My pleasure. Thank you so much. My guest today was Ayala Dutch, the Executive Vice President and Deputy General Counsel at NBA Properties Inc. and also the INTA 2020 President. In the coming months, watch for INTA's educational programs and other activities as part of the Women's Leadership Initiative. Thank you for listening to Brand and New, brought to you by the International Trademark Association. Be sure to tune in every two weeks on Tuesday for new episodes. If you like today's podcast, please subscribe and share it. We are always looking for new people to discover brand and new. And to learn more about INTA, its resources and events, please visit www.inta.org.